Hello and welcome to a new episode of the podcast from artist to entrepreneur. I'm so happy that you're here and that you get to listen to this episode and interview today. You already hear me smiling probably. An amazing guest on the show, Susie Q from LA, and she's like an amazing entrepreneur. She's role modeling it perfectly. To say it directly up front, please make sure that you check out the show notes and all the links because she has something special for you and you will get a gift. So check out the links for everything she's doing. So on Instagram, different websites, because she's doing different things. That's why it's amazing to hear all these beautiful guests on the show. How can a successful and thriving art business look like? It doesn't have to be one thing. It can be different things. We already had guests on the show who also talked about this topic. And so she's doing these amazing, artistic, beautiful things, including also coaching. So definitely make sure to check out the links and to make sure that you get the gift. So super happy to have her on the show. Directly, I would say, dive into the interview with Susie Q and listen carefully. Take your paper and pen and write everything down what she shares because there's lots of wisdom in there. So enjoy and have fun. A wonderful welcome to an amazing artist. And we just get to meet each other like 15 minutes ago. So I'm always very curious to dive into a story where I have no clue where we go for and to get to know her uh, today for the first time. Super happy to have you. Um, on the show today, Susie Q, she's a multifaceted artist. You will talk about it more because it's, I think, fucking interesting what you have to share. <laughs> and also being a coach and like an entrepreneur, this is who I'm interviewing in this show for encouraging and empowering artists on their path. So happy to have you. Welcome, Susie Q. Well, thank you so much, Tina. It's an honor and pleasure to be here. And I think this is a really important topic to cover this artpreneur, because I don't know that when I was growing up, I was ever encouraged to be an artist and make it a business, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that I find many artists are not taught that that's a real important part of being an artist. And, you know, we get to hire agents and managers to support us in that too. Uh, so my, my first love of art, well, I don't know if it was my first love, but it was my first, I'll, I'll say obsession, okay. right, mm -hmm. uh, is dance. Mm -hmm. So I love to draw and, and do gymnastics and all sorts of other artistic fun things, but dance was the one that really caught my attention when I was young and that I put my attention on. You know, I would spend hours at classes after school and just dancing in my living room. And so, uh, but that's something that my parents, bless them, they wanted the best for me. They said, that's a hobby. That's mm -hmm. not a career. <laughs> and that's not true. <laughs> it It is a career. The world needs dancers to do the ballets, to do Swan Lake, to dance behind the superstars, to, to um, dance on all the dance shows, to do musicals. Like it actually is a career. And 
I think because so many people have given up their own dreams of doing their passion that they think it's not possible. So, but I knew it was possible because I, I logically saw that people were doing it. <laughs> I think and the I logically thought, seeing and the intuition probably kicks in. There. Yeah. Like there was a voice who said like, this is my way. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%, 100%. And I remember uh, my mom at the time was in a religion called Seventh-day Adventism. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a con- uh conservative Christian religion mm-hmm. where they go to church on Saturday, uh, much like Judaism in that way. Saturday mm-hmm. is the Sabbath. However, it was very much also like footloose where dancing was sinful and worldly, you know, no piercings or tattoos or, you know, not even flashy jewelry or, uh, you know, no, like you would wear skirts below the knees mm-hmm. and, I remember them teaching me that dancing was sinful and worldly. And I just was sitting there and I just remember being a real little kid and thinking, why would God give me a talent and a passion for something that's wrong? That's not God to me. Like whatever you're talking about is, is not God because like my channel, this, this movement, this dance is a prayer it it's like it's a divine channel it's an expression of love and light and and it can be healing and cathartic and so you know at an early age i felt like i was really <laughs> having to navigate some real roadblocks to what it is that my soul yearned to express and do Amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, and I and I feel very grateful that I was courageous and strong enough to walk the path to to do it in the face of of these adversities. And so that's why I'm bringing it back to this show. That's why I really love that you're bringing this to to more and more people to understand that. Yeah, that art is it is a a career choice path. You can do that. Absolutely. You can do art. You can have the most wonderful impact on this planet. And I mean, honestly, I think the most the, the majority of artists want exactly this. First of all, because then there's this wrong money mindset piece going on. First of first and foremost, I think artists want to have a bigger impact. And then we can talk about the money mindset, business entrepreneur uh, stuff, because yes, you can also earn enough money with it and you can make lots of money and doing your art and having impact, right? It's such an important, uh, so thank you for addressing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And we said something and it sparked something and then it just flew away. (laughs) I was talking too much. So then it comes no, back. No, no. <laughs> it's a conversation. Yes, you know? of course. Of course uh, it's coming back. Yeah. So, oh, it was also, this is what I was thinking. This is what it was. Um, yeah. So 
musicians, right? Musicians are also artists. I, I do play drums. I'm very, very basic. I was in a couple bands in my 20s. And and it was so funny because I, I was always attracted to drummers and I liked dating drummers. And then I was like, well, maybe I just want to be a drummer. <laughs> exactly, exactly, absolutely. Yeah, so at around, I think it was like, 20 maybe 21 to 23 somewhere in that area I got a drum kit and it was very humbling because you are bad very loud like everybody knows that you're (laughs) learning (laughs) and so that's something that I just I always want to remind even young people as they're getting older, I think people start to get embarrassed when they're not good at something right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> you the more you practice something, the better you'll get at it. That's just how it works. Yep. Practice makes progress. Like that's what we're doing here. And and so having that experience of really wanting to do something new and being very bad at it, very loud was, I think, a powerful experience for me to remind me of that, that you're not going to be really good at something the first time you try it and Mm -hmm. that it takes focus. And so I was in a couple bands in my early twenties and that's, I mean, that's another very, uh, askew financial situation where most musicians are not making very much money, but then the ones that make it are really like making it. Mm -hmm. So it's really is an art across the board where it's the same thing with like fine art, you know, people are doing art and then if they make it, they can make so much money. So like where, but where is like the, the mid range in that where you can have like a really good, uh, and prosperous life, but maybe not, you know, make, you know, tens of millions of dollars or what, whatever that is. So I feel like there's, there is becoming more and more of a market for that and a place, a place for artists to fit in there. And I think it's because of that entrepreneurial awakening in the artists. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, because I think this is important, and we we covered this in several episodes from different angles. So it's beautiful that we come there. It needs so some attitudes like being disruptive, being creative, being I don't know, thinking outside the box, getting inspiration from other industries, like not being dependent on your industry and thinking like I have to adapt. No, you don't have to. And then it's all these entrepreneurial mindset. What could I do with this art? Is it, a six, is it already existing? Oh, maybe not, but I still can create it, like all of these things, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also, you know, what we were kind of talking about in our preliminary conversation is, uh, and I feel like this, this really happens, and I get it, I get why it happens, <laughs> is the niching down, right? Mm-hmm. And even that happens in my coaching business. I started coaching and then I niched to, uh, business or career coaching. And, and yes, that can be very supportive and helpful for you to 
pinpoint and reach people that you can really help. And I'm so much more expansive than that. So with me, with my dancing, yes, I do dancing, but then I, in my early twenties, I also started cutting hair, but I didn't cut normal hair. I cut it like I cut it. (laughs) I cut uh, crazy styled with lines, you know, before that was like a very common thing. It was uh, the punks were doing it like punk rockers were doing wild hair back in the day, but it wasn't really across the board accepted. Now you go outside, at least in California, and you see purple and green and blue hair on kids even, yeah, which I love. I'm like, oh, we've normalized being more artistic and expressing yourself in different ways. Uh, But that's one thing that I am now known for. I do haircuts called Q-do's and they're really, most of them are like mohawks or very short styles that have designs shaved into and then uh, bleached and colored on the sides that then create actually two different haircuts. You have the first one and then the hair grows in and there's actually a second one, like a new life to it that looks different than the first one. So it's super fun. And I just really encourage everyone to explore different avenues of their artistic expression. And if, if you are, if you don't consider yourself an artist and you're listening to this right now, I'm just going to challenge you that you actually are because you're creating your life in every moment. And, and that, that is a masterpiece, right? So, and, and go ahead and try some stuff out. See, you might, you might find that that you do like expressing yourself in the quintessential artistic ways, or just put on some music and dance. You know, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm not a dancer. They don't want to dance. And I said, okay, well actually everyone is a dancer. Are you just trained or not? That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that yeah, there is a difference there. Yes. Like, and I, and like, I am actually not a trained hairstylist, Mm -hmm. but I cut hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I cut really cool, interesting <laughs> hair, but I wasn't trained and that's okay. Like you don't need to have the training. Yeah. You can be your own type of dancer. You can be your own type of artist. 100%. I think like, I hope that everyone has pen and paper and is writing all the time because <laughs> you give so much wisdom in every sentence. And I hope that everyone listens to it twice because I think to take it in, um, it's so much. It's so beautiful. And even you shared before we uh, put record uh, what you did too, to, right? Like painting or the handkerchiefs creation. And then you sh- shared now this with the drums and then with the dancing. So you also tried or not trying, did different path or even earn money with different path. And I mean, there already kicks the entrepreneur in without even the coaching business, what you also have, right? Like being multifaceted in the artistic expression but also then seeing like oh in the end I'm also coaching people but not I'm I'm not restricting myself to one thing even though society wants us to do so and I think even this is very entrepreneurial because when one 
part or one pillar breaks apart, you still have the other ones. Even this is entrepreneurial, right? Yes, yes. And and you really touched on something there because right when I was really moving into my coaching business, it was 2019 mm-hmm. and then 2020, <laughs> all of the entertainment work just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was able to keep going because I had my coaching clients. Yeah. And yeah. so... And, and my coaching came out of my experience in the entertainment industry where I found Kundalini yoga when I was about 23 years old. My cat is here and might come join us. This is absolutely (laughs) fine. (laughs) He's like, hi, buddy. Uh, So I was very fortunate to find Kundalini yoga at... 23. And it gave me the groundedness that I needed to support a long-term career in the entertainment industry. I have a much longer term career than most people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Generally 18 to 28 is the career lifespan of a dancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I toured with the Black Eyed Peas when I was 34. Wow. Cool. Mm-hmm. And the, just so the listeners know, I have a cat on my lap now. <laughs> you might, it you looks might wonderful. Get, I can see it. <laughs> so you cool. might get close to the mic. I'm snuggling my little boy. Uh, <clears throat> and the other dancers, I think they were all in their 20s. Uh, maybe one was 30. And, and, they called us, there was one other 34 year old and they called us the grannies. So that just shows you how, how normal it is for dancers to be young. Right. And that, that having a longer span career is not as common. Yeah. So, and I loved those girls. We had a good time. So where was I going? You were mm. you were coming from the, the coaching business and then the entertainment industry. Oh yeah, yeah, gone. and the yoga. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. so um, having that that grounded foundation, uh, knowing that whether I got the job or not, that it had nothing to do with my self worth. Mm. And I think that that's something that's challenging for artists who are in this industry where there are auditions or you're, you know, you're, you're all vying for one position or one job. And, and when you don't get it over and over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. that can really start to eat away at your confidence at your Mm -hmm. self-worth. And so yoga specifically Kundalini yoga helped me understand that that my self-worth didn't have anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. And that me expressing myself is actually what got me the jobs that I did because I, at that point, like I was the one with the crazy punky hair and the tattoos and, and, and that there was actually a market for people expressing themselves like that, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and it, it would be funny. There would be like, they would kind of split us up into different groups, like the short haired girls and, or, you know, like all the blondes, you know? And, and so 
I really want to encourage our listeners to be yourself yeah. because whatever that is, whatever you have to offer is valuable and, and trying to fit into somebody else's box is not going to be fulfilling for you. And, and it's not going to give the industry what they really want, you know, because sometimes the industry doesn't even really know what they want until you show them. 100 percent so important yes and it's yeah my, my i'm saying this over and over right we need more colorful and more unique birds like don't adapt too much to all of this and this is what you say like be yourself and if you don't know yet then you will find it by simply trying and if you already feel i think it's this uh, over and over the inner work on the self-worth and the value you bring by being you instead of thinking, trying to fit in and being loved and being liked. And yes, of course, it's a human need and we are coming from this and without knowing anything and being in the subconscious all the time. Yeah. The more we are getting conscious about it and aware and working on the self-worth and the self-confidence by daring to just be us. Like it's this biggest gift we can give to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. And and you can be a light, you can be a beacon, you can be a leader. You know, I look back and when I first started having crazy short hair, it was very uncommon. And now it's common. I'm like, oh yeah. And now I have long hair, you know. <laughs> now it's you boring. Know? <laughs> you know? But well, no, but it's more just like I I and, and I'm not saying it from a conceited place and I, there is a collective consciousness, you know, it's not just me, but I was a trailblazer and I am a trailblazer mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, and I can say that and not from a conceited place from mm-hmm. a place of that's just, that's just my experience in life. And it's not always comfortable mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's, and it's needed and it's worth it. And it's who I am. So that's I'm okay with that (laughs) it's beautiful it's beautiful what made you or let's say like this so you earned money more or less from the beginning right so no matter what kind of art you did like the dancing but then also the the bands and like no matter which art you choose it was always related to getting some money at least right yeah I would say when I played drums that was the least uh (laughs) we did we did get uh we did get paid for some gigs we did get uh food like we would we would play at a restaurant and they would give us a meal (laughs) uh so but that that to me was a little bit more like a hobby. Like I did it for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we did get paid and, and the group that I was in, the reason I would, I, well, I was in a couple of bands, but one of them, the drummer had left to go sing on tour with another band. And so there you go again, it's that multifaceted artist. He was drumming in this band, but he got hired to go sing in another band. So then I took over the drums for for that band and the singer for our band could also drum. And he's the one that asked me to be in the band. He's like, I'll teach you because I was 
Dancers, I think, are pretty natural drummers. So if you're a dancer out there and you think you want to play a musical instrument, like try drums. I think you'd probably be pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, my my creative endeavors have made me money, and and it's true. You know what, whatever it is that I've I've chosen to do, uh, and with I know we I don't think we've talked about this on the show yet, but uh, with my visual arts, right? So I, mm-hmm. I do like to draw and doodle and uh, <clears throat> I created a handkerchief, uh, microfiber handkerchief company called Hip Hankies uh, <laughs> because it's hip to be aware and show that you care. Mm-hmm. And I had been getting, I had had allergies and I was just using so many paper products. It was like blowing my mind how many paper products I was using. And I just, there was one point I was in my beautiful, I lived in a Gothic mansion in downtown Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I just remember looking at my waste paper basket and it was flooding over Mm -hmm. with tissues. And I thought to myself, I'm part of the problem. I am part of this disposable problem that is using up paper and paper comes from trees. And yes, it's renewable in ways, but it takes, you know, 30 years to grow a tree. Mm-hmm. So, you know, bamboo is easier. We're getting better. We're getting mm-hmm. more options. But back then, bamboo really wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. And this was like, ooh, this is when I was 25. So, uh, it was 20 years ago. Wow. <laughs> and, and so I first, uh, started just cutting up t-shirts and making my own hankies. Cause I remember my dad always had a hanky, so it was a normal thing and people get grossed out by it, but we survived for so many years without all these disposable things, humans, like it, we wash our hands now. Like it's, we've got running water in most, most places. If you're, you're in a a first world country, you definitely do. So anyway, uh, then a few years later, I really realized that there was a market for it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to use my own designs. And I like drew the designs for the hankies. I had six different designs and, uh, what I want, what I'm doing now is I, right before COVID, I was going to branch into events. And now I want to go back to that where people for their weddings, for their big conferences, they can have, uh, custom designed hankies for their swag. I mean, and perfect for weddings too, right? People cry at weddings. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, and then you can have this keepsake that is useful. (laughs) 100%. Because when you mentioned it, I hope I don't interrupt you too much. So keep in mind what you want to say. But because you mentioned the wedding with my ex-husband, we did exactly this, but not with tissue, like with normal tissues. And then we make these paper around like joy tears of joy we had on this right mm. and then everyone everyone got one and like it was super beautiful but now hearing this it makes absolute sense it's so cool yeah, yeah. and then that's a like a beautiful keepsake from from the wedding and 
or whatever event it would be, whether it's a birthday or a corporate event, you know, you have something and, and my, uh, handkerchiefs are microfiber. So Mm -hmm. you can use them to clean your glasses. You can use them to clean your phone, uh, dry your tears, blow your nose. Don't do all of those things at once, (laughs) but it's got multi-uses. You know, they can go in the, in, in the kids lunchboxes for school and be uh, a napkin. So So it's cool. got many, many uses. And so that's something where if you're an artist and I I invite you to look at where is there a need in the marketplace that you can fill? And and not just a, a need that will create more waste in the world, <laughs> but a need that could you your art and your creative abilities could create something that uh, makes an impact on the world to be even more sustainable. I think there's more stuff out there. Like, you know, I think handkerchiefs with different people's art on it would be so cool. And there's really not that like, let's bring the hanky back y'all. And I'm, I'm not, the thing is, you know, some, some people be like, Oh, you know, why, why are you telling people to do what you're doing? you know, don't, isn't that creating more competition? And I think there's enough room for everyone. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. you want to make a hanky, make a hanky. <laughs> oh know? yeah. I mean, how many, sorry, fucking jeans brands are existing. How right. many, like everything is existing tons of time. Why? Because there is a market for it. And you, you said like you have six design, even though you would have 20 designs is, are these 20 for everyone? No. So do something different. Do this, do this, do this. We are all enough. Of course. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, it's so important to, not look at the marketplace and go, oh, somebody's already doing that. I can't Mm-mm. do it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> do it. Do it. Because in your way, no one does it, right? You have a different energy. You have a different idea. You look, please go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Was there one moment in your whole art exploration, execution, path, career, what has changed your mindset towards more entrepreneurial mindset? So was there one or two moments or was it a more or less organic, slow growth in into more entrepreneurial mindset or was there something? Well, I will say when I went to product-based because mm-hmm. before my art was always performance based mm-hmm. and when i had the idea for the hankies i hired a business coach because i was like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> you know and that's that was my first doorway into having a coach that was not a dance mentor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm used to the idea of mentorship. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that athletes grow up with. And dancers are athletes. Uh, it's, uh, I think it was Einstein who said dancers are the athletes of God. 
right? Because we mix the art with the physical. Mm -hmm. Uh, So athletes, dancers really know what it's like to have a coach, to have a mentor. But I'll say most people don't recognize that. They're Mm -hmm. told you go to school, you go to college, university, you, you get a job, right? So now people, I think, are beginning to wake up to that benefit of having a coach, mm-hmm. having a mentor, mm-hmm. and that that if you look at any high-performing athlete, they have a coach. So do you want to be high-performing in whatever it is that you are doing in your life, whether you are an artist or you are a business person or whatever it is, or you're both, mm-hmm. having a coach? So that was my first step into, oh, I'm having a business coach. And now I have, I have coaches, Mm -hmm, you know, that mm -hmm. that support me because Mm -hmm. as an artist and, and my personal personality type is more of a like starter and like a really go get them, you know, enthusiastic promoter type, very, Mm -hmm. very high energy, but historically not the best closer, not Mm -hmm. the best organized, like one, two, three, four, this is how we get it done. Mm -hmm. And I flex into that more now. Mm -hmm. I mean, people come over to my house and they're like, you're so organized. I'm like, I I, I love it. And I work at it really hard, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and so having a coach who's been there and done that, you know, you want to hire somebody who's been there and done that with which with my first business coach, she was not a product coach. So, you know, in retrospect, there might've been a better fit for me. Mm. However, I still started my company with her because she gave me a buy when date. She's like, you have to be done by here or else I might still be testing fabric. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, but I had a date and I was like, good to make that, you know? And that is what I did. So that's another thing I'm going to invite the artists and, and, and entrepreneurs listening is to get a coach, get yeah. somebody who <laughs> can support you <laughs> in getting to where you want to go because you don't have to do it all by yourself. You don't. Uh, we, we are pack animals. We are village people. We are tribal we do better together. We can do more if we have support. So get support. <laughs> I, I think I had five years ago, I had one coach or mentor. She said like, in her perspective, and I definitely second this, is an entrepreneurial path without having coaches or mentors is in a way like stupid. Because why do we think that we have to figure it out all on our own or we have figured it out and we will do it on our own. It doesn't make any sense. Have you, have you learned driving or have you in school, like wherever you always had teachers, like it doesn't make sense to have someone who helps you on this path too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially in our Western society, we're so ingrained in being independent, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think mm-hmm. it's, I think being independent is great and understanding though, that you get to have support, yep. you get to have support and 
and that, that that's not a weakness. You're actually creating a stronger foundation by having support, support. They, they even talk about that when they're building a building, they talk about the support beams. You've got to have support beams to build a building. <laughs> so allow yourself to be supported and, and it's not weak. It's no. actually smart. Very much <laughs> and, so. It's exactly. and you will, yeah, and you will become stronger by getting support. Yeah, one hundred percent. So mm-hmm. so important. Yeah. Because I know that we have a bit of a limited time. Um, three questions. No, one question about three things, maybe. Mm. What would you say, because now you were sparking the conversations already with advices, so awesome. And now when you would wrap it up in a, three advices, maybe it's two more, but it's four, but the difference for you between being an artist, or let's say the starving artist concept, and being a successful, thriving entrepreneur, what would be the difference or the key tools or experiences? What is the difference and what would you suggest to do to be to embody what was your own experience about it great question so i think the number one thing is you get to believe it's possible Mm -hmm. and that you can do it Mm -hmm. so uh, i did my first leadership training when i was 25 years old and i recognized through that training that When I was growing up, my parents had always said, oh, dancing is competitive and it's unstable. That's accurate. What I heard was, you're not good enough. You won't make it. Mm-hmm. So that seeped into my subconscious. And what they meant was, we love you. We just want the best for you. Mm-hmm. So I took something that was accurate Dancing is competitive and unstable. That that can be a true. <laughs> and I made it mean something about me mm-hmm. that made me not good enough and created a subconscious glass ceiling. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Subconscious glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage people to really look at their childhood programming. Uh, I also am a hypnotherapist. Mm. <laughs> That's another thing that I do with my coaching uh, mm-hmm. is because I see so many blocks that come from these subconscious beliefs that people don't understand. Like, why am I not, you know, getting where I want to be uh, is because of these subconscious beliefs. So I've brought that tool into my coaching practice as well to support my clients in being able to move past that. So number one, you know, know that it's possible and, and look for evidence of other people doing it and know that you are just as capable, just as capable if you put your mind and, and you are committed to it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing you've got to be committed because if you're not committed and you have a back door, then there's always that back door you can slip out and, and slipping out that back door probably reinforces whatever subconscious belief you have about yourself that you're not good enough. So you're just repeating that cycle. So back to when I was 25, I, when I recognized this, I was like, no way 
I am good enough. I can make it. And I think it was the very next week there was an audition for Madonna for a video. Mm-hmm. And I 100% was threw myself into it. And I, I said, I am not going to let that old story stop me. I booked that video. I booked that video. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so really knowing that it's possible and then, and then just going for it and, and getting support, you know, getting a coach, having a coach, you know, that I think that's a real, a real missing piece of the puzzle for a lot of artists Mm -hmm. and artpreneurs Mm -hmm. is that they don't have that support. Yeah. And, and then I'd say along with that, having a community that supports you as well, like get around people that also believe in you, that hold you up, you know, because my parents, they didn't mean to not believe in me. They, Mm -hmm. they, that wasn't, that wasn't their intention, but that's what I grew up with. That was that. And that's, that was hard. They didn't, they didn't see the same things that I saw for myself. Mm -hmm. So enroll people in your vision that they're like, yeah, I see that for you too. And mm-hmm. and that can support you in whatever way, whether it's mentally, emotionally, or even financially. Mm-hmm. No, like mm-hmm. sometimes it takes some money to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to start your business. <laughs> you know, so who in your life believes in you that would invest in you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And know that sometimes it might take a little bit of a transition time. Like if you're in a normal, what is a normal job? (laughs) If you're in a job (laughs) that is not an expression of, of what you want to be doing, there might be a transition period where you're still doing that job and that that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, And, and, and know that, you know, it might not happen overnight and it could happen overnight. It, It, just, we don't know, <laughs> but trust, uh, trust divine timing and trust that if you are committed and, and you have a vision that you can create it. I mean, the only thing what comes to my mind is amen, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't and or destroy or whatever i won't put cream on it you said everything <laughs> what was necessary <laughs> and i will leave the audience with this because i think it's worth to listen to it again and um, taking yeah. lots of notes to all of these insights so thank you incredibly for your share for your time for your wisdom and for letting everyone know what they can do to be more successful and thriving. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, I, I'm just so honored to be here and have this conversation and uh and you know really hope hopefully touch somebody's life. And and the last thing I want to leave you with is uh is just be yourself. Like yeah. like whoever you are inspired to be, be that person and and keep stepping into the person who you want to be keep stepping into it every day and, and don't matter what other people think. Uh, That's that, that was the big thing. If I could go back and give my little self some, some advice, I'd say, 
uh, here are the here are the three things that I'd say. Watch less TV and practice your piano more. <laughs> I'd say learn about compounded interest and start a savings account now. So if you're young or even if you're in your 30s or 40s, just do that. Find out about business. Artists need to know about business and yeah. you need to know about investing and saving. And the third one is don't care what other people think. You be you and, and be you in a way that lights the world up. And, and some people will feel like you're stepping on their toes because your light is so bright, you might shine and they might have to put on sunglasses, but that's not your problem. Uh, but just be you and be you in a kind way, you know, like, you like that, that to me is, is, is the key to life is like, be you and, and be kind. Okay. Yes. <laughs> what should I add? She added even more wisdom. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> oh, it's been so fun getting to know you, Tina. <laughs> I want to know more about you now. <laughs>